The Daily Rios Digest, September 19th, 2021. Monday Mailbag I got my DCBS shipment the other day. This would be for books mostly shipping in August. And yeah, not a lot. Not, not a lot this, this time around. So I got uh, America Chavez Made in the USA number 5, which is the final issue in that miniseries. I got Proctor Valley Road number 5, also the final issue from that Grant Morrison co-written story from Boom, Superman and the Authority number two, Rorschach 11, uh, Infinite Frontier 4 and 5. All of those are miniseries, so, uh, you know, Rorschach about ready to end and Infinite Frontier. Two issues from ongoing titles, Nightwing 83, Teen Titans Academy number six, back issue 130, and then I finally got five of the free comic book day um, offerings for this year. I got Amethyst and Batman and Robin and Howard, Archie, Past, Present, and Future Fun, Batman Special Edition, Suicide Squad, King Shark, Black Plus Cal Exit, and Resistance Uprising. So, you know, after my discount... Uh, all of these particular comics came out to around $37 plus. That's pretty low for me. I usually try to get like around $50 worth every month from DZBS, uh, uh, you know, after the discount. Um, sometimes it goes up to 100 75 60s, you know, but uh, usually around 50 40 60 And then this one is, well, I mean, to be fair, these are the books that were released in August, so... Um, it's not exactly, it doesn't exactly match up to what I spent because some books may not come out, you know, for another month or, or whatever, but I'm still finding that my, my buying habits are changing. Uh, if I know it's going to show up on the DCU app, I, I probably won't buy it unless it's something I really, really want. And I still get collections or magazines, reference materials, anything Titans related. And there is stuff I'm looking forward to. Uh, this just felt like a real small month when I opened up uh, when I opened up the box. Out of everything, uh, you know, the back issue magazine is something I'm always going to want. But um, two of the free comic book day offerings uh, were definitely a must a must have. Uh, the first one being the Amethyst, and then the flip book with um, Batman and Robin and Howard. So these are the young reader comics that are coming out from DC used to be called DC Zoom or DC Inc and there's a new Amethyst tale by Shannon Hale and Dean Hale and art by uh, Isaiah Isaiah uh, Fulmore it's a preview of the graphic novel which I did uh, already order but you know it's Amethyst and I love Amethyst and um, this looks like a whole new take where she goes to earth and tries to mix in um, as opposed to already being on Earth, you know, like the original story. So uh, definitely for a younger viewer, it does not feel like the those cartoon shorts from DC Nation. I don't know if it's pulling from from 
Amethyst when she was in the New 52. Um, but, you know, it's Amethyst, so I'm going to get it. And they have listings for other things, like um, some of these I have. Like, I have the Beast Boy one and the Raven one. Um, and I have uh, a Catwoman one because it was drawn by uh, an artist that used to, you know, pop up on the CGS forums way, way, way back. Um, I think I have one of the Teen Titans Go. I have a Dick Grayson one, something about the circus. So, and there's plenty more. Uh, you know, here's one from Black Canary, uh, Diana, Princess of the Amazons, Super Sons, and some new characters or some new ideas like Primer and Whisper, Metropolis, Grove. Um, uh, I don't really hear many people talking about this line. I still call it the DC Inc. or the DC Zoom. DC Inc. was like for, you know, young teen readers and DC Zoom was meant for younger readers. So I still refer to it, refer to it as that. Um, but I don't hear many people talking about those offerings. So maybe, maybe I'll start doing that. And then the other one that I'm really excited that I got was the Archie Past, Present, and Future Fun because the first story is entitled Crisis on the Riverdale Earths. And the font is even, uh, even matches, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, the title font. So uh, it looks like, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different variations of Archie. Um, little Archie, New Little Archie, The New Archies, Archie Babies, uh, The Archie 3000, Archie 1, Archie Hollywood, um, mixing it up with Jughead, The Time Cop, and a few other, uh, you know, iterations of some of these characters. So I had to get this, and then the second story also kind of touches on the same elements. Um, this looks great. This looks like a lot of fun, and will sit proudly in my... Um, uh, you know, my collection of everything crisis related. So that's it. I just thought it would be kind of fun to take a look at, you know, what I get every month and some of the stuff I read on the DCU app. Um, I have not actually been in a comic store in a while. It's, it's, I, I'd have to look up to see how long it's been. I'd have to, I mean, I've even been in, you know, in and around Reading. I, I haven't stopped into Golden Eagle, and I really should. So, all right, so I'll continue to do this. Uh, I'll let you know what books I, I'm getting every month. And some of this stuff I'll be able to read uh, for a review later. Do you have a scene where you and, and you, you and him embrace? Yeah, lots of making out. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Nothing but making out. All right. It's like nine and a half weeks, but carrot top. <laughs> we were doing Wow! I gotta check out that movie. Is it called Nine and a Half Seconds? <laughs> like he's premature ejaculated. We got it. You know? You know what happened? This is what happened. You know what happened? He said nine and a half seconds, and I'm looking at him because I know there's more. And I wait and wait, and I see the glimmer in the eye, and then bang! I thought you were going to but no. But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Well, really? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. I'm in it, too! She's in it. What about my career? Courtney Thorne-Smith. 
the girl sitting to your left is in the movie. I'm gonna go see it for fun. <laughs> <laughs> you scare everybody else away. No, I love this girl. I would see any movie with this girl in it. She's a beautiful lady. And, and a talented, nice talk show guest. Okay. As evidenced by her appearance on our rival show. All right, well, there's this two-hour season finale of Melrose Place. There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh, all right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. New Comics Wednesday. A few comic book recommendations for Wednesday, September 15th. Since Batman Day is coming up this weekend, we have from DC Batman the World hardcover. DC takes Batman's war on crime worldwide in a new hardcover anthology. This 160-page book will feature stories by creative teams from across the globe taking place in their home countries. Headlining the anthology is a story by Azzarello and artist Lee Bermejo. This global collaboration is the first of its kind for DC, and, uh, you know, it sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool for uh, Batman Day. That is $24.99. In Marvel, Fantastic Four 35 is the 60th anniversary issue. So if you're an anniversary nut like I am, go check that out. Image Comics Primordial, one of six. Another Jeff Lemire comic. Last week we talked about May's book. Uh, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. This is the creative team behind Gideon Falls. And it is a sci-fi with Cold War thriller action, six issues. In 1957, the USSR launched the dog Laika into Earth's orbit. Two years later, the USA responded with two monkeys, Abel and Baker. These animals never returned. But unbeknownst to everyone, they did not die in orbit. They were taken, and now they are coming home. $3.99. From Behemoth Comics, Nobody's Child, one of six, by Rossi and Barallo. In an unspecified time in the future, it is discovered that within a special breed of albino rhinoceros, there is a genetic code that holds the properties to regenerate man that can cure all diseases, even those very serious. As a result, in a short period of time, this albino rhino becomes nearly extinct, leaving just one sabium. Enter Bakari, a boy dealing with his own devastation, who now decides to dedicate his life to protecting his Rhino, $3.99. And finally, Unearthed, a Jessica Cruz story written by Rivera, art by Steph C. And this is along the lines of the DC Inc., DC Zoom books that I talked about uh, on Monday. Uh, and this is a reimagination of one of uh, the Green Lanterns, Jessica Cruz, to tell a story about immigration, family, and overcoming fear to inspire hope. Jessica has done everything right. She's a dedicated student, popular among her classmates, 
and has a loving family that has done everything they can to give her a better life in the United States. Jessica usually worries for her undocumented parents, but her fears and anxiety escalate as a mayoral candidate with a strong anti-immigration stance runs for office. As the xenophobia in Coast City increases, Jessica begins to debate if it's worth staying in the U.S. or moving back to her home in Mexico. And despite her attempts to lean on her friends and family, she finds herself constantly visited by visions of Aztec gods, one pulling her towards hope and the other toward anger. But when her father is detained by ICE, Jessica finds herself being pulled into an abyss of anxiety. Despite feeling helpless with her father, Jessica must find her way out of her fears and ultimately become a voice for her community. $16.99. There you go. Short and sweet this segment. No reviews. I will pick them up, uh, pick them back up again, hopefully next week. Uh, see you next time for another New Comics Wednesday. Night is falling, lying awake. I feel myself fading away. So receive me, brother, with your faithless kiss. So we'll leave each other alone like this on the streets of Philadelphia. I've been back now teaching uh, for this new semester live in person for three weeks. And this last trip to and from Philadelphia, uh, I realized how much I miss living in a big city. I mean, this is, I'm always going to prefer living in a big city. I mean, this is nothing new, but it kind of just hit me uh, this last time around I miss the convenience of walking places, uh, taking the subway, getting around easily, probably the vibe of it all too. And it really kind of hit me because I was walking a different way to go to the train. And there are several blocks in Philadelphia that are cut off from traffic because of restaurants moving to outdoor spaces because of the pandemic. And this is something that's been going on since last summer. But now it now that the city is kind of up and running again, um, these cars have nowhere to go. And it doesn't matter what time of day it is, but traffic is just a mess. I mean, I'm really thankful I'm not driving all the way in um, because traffic is just terrible. And apparently it's even worse up by like the Rittenhouse area. Um, so I was walking around and I was checking this out. It's not like those restaurants are really full, you know. Um, but the, the 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 vibe of the city, the feel of it, you know, I kind of fall right back into it again. Um, you know, as I said, I'll always want to live in a big city. I've been in in and out of Philadelphia. Um, for, I think I figured it out to something like 20-some years between college and living there with... Uh, you know, uh, an, an ex and by myself and then another ex. Um, I'm, I'm completely thankful that for this last year, cause it will almost be a year. Uh, you know, I'm completely thankful that I've been back with my family because after the breakup last year and then the pandemic and then the fear of having to spend a winter by myself and having to navigate doing zoom classes, it just made sense that I needed to be in a different location so I could make all that work, especially the teaching aspect. 
Um, so, and I don't have plans of moving just yet, but I will say it just really kind of hit me that day as I was walking around and I had some time to kill, knowing that all my, you know, friend, a lot of my friends are there. Um, and it, it really what, what hit me because I knew all this, what really hit me was that I never should have moved out of the city in the first place in 2018. And this, you know, this was prior to the pandemic. This was because I was moving in with my my recent ex. Uh, we were moving in together. And the compromise was that I was going to move out of the city so that she could still be closer to work, even though she's the one with the car. Um, and I suddenly had a longer commute. And at the time, you know, I, I know I had some misgivings and I know I had some feelings about moving out of the city. And, you know, my ex had never lived out of her family home, you know, in her thirties and never flew the nest. Um, and I didn't, I just didn't think it was a smart idea. I used to try to get her to, to go live by herself, go live with a roommate, you know, and then it just came time, things came together and it seemed like it was the right thing to do. Whoops. Um, but it was, you know, it was communication and, and, and it was not listening to my gut and communication was the thing that ruined everything because, you know, she finally decided to drop the bomb that she wasn't happy and with whatever, and it had been going on for a couple of years. And it's like, oh, so now you're going to tell me, uh, you know, when we're living together, that's great. So this is all hindsight, I know, but it, it it just, as I was riding the train away from Philadelphia, it kind of put it all into perspective. And I thought, you know, uh, even beyond the breakup and and beyond, you know, my ex not being able to communicate any of this. When I initially, when we were making that decision and I kind of got it in my gut that I shouldn't do it, I shouldn't do it with someone who has never lived on their own and I didn't want to leave the city, I shouldn't have left the city. It really just comes down to that. And there's been other times where I don't listen to my instincts and it goes bad. You know, I can think of situations with theater, uh, uh, directing a certain show when I really shouldn't have. Um, I can think of casting when I really want to cast one person and then, you know, maybe like a music director says, oh, but what about this person? And you want to be collaborative, so you do it. And then at the end of the day, you're like, mm, nope, shouldn't have done it. You know, I, I look back at those moments and go, look, dummy, you're a Scorpio. You are your Puerto Rican mother's son. You know how to read yourself in situations and you know when you're going against what you know to be right or what you know is the best for yourself or the situation. So, um, I don't really know what this segment is, but I feel like I want to notate it because I've been so, I've been open and honest about, uh, you know, relationships and things and moving and, and all of that. Um, and, and part of it is, you know, if I ever listen to this again in a couple of years and I can go back and go, I can either sort of say, yes, you know, you were right. And, you listen to yourself since then, which is great. Or I can go back and go, oh, you didn't listen to yourself and you made a few more mistakes, which hopefully that doesn't happen. Podcasting is, t these are time capsules. I've said that before. I like that nature. And and because this is a, a you know, it's still a personal journal podcast. Uh, that was just something that was, you know, on my mind on the train home. And um I don't know what it would have been like to live in Philadelphia during the pandemic. I have friends that did it, and it was not fun. 
Um, I don't know how I would have fared. I mean, I was still working, so that's good. And maybe if I was close to the to the school, I could have done all my Zoom classes in school. Like I, maybe I could have worked out a way to get into there by myself and use the studio for the space. Um, you know, fortunately, all that kind of worked out for me. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I want to go. I, I, I've been driving into a place that's kind of like midway between Philadelphia and my home and some, some cities that I work in. It's kind of like right in the center. And then I take a train from there and it's kind of nice. Like I like the area. I would, I could see myself being there and having sort of like the best of all worlds because I could just hop a train to Philly. I could drive to, you know, my, where my family lives. I could drive to where I work. It doesn't seem necessarily out of the way. Um, or is it just me going back to the whole thing of, you know, I moved to the suburbs and look how that went. Do I really want to go to the suburbs again? But at least it would be my choice, right? Like that's, that's what I figured out. You know, if I want to move outside of the city, it's because I realize that it's a good location for me and for my job where, whereas moving out of the city, um, when I did two years ago, uh, almost three years ago, um, it wasn't, it wasn't for all the best reasons, you know, but this would at least would be my choice. So again, I don't know what this segment is. It's just something that's been in my head and in my gut. So I said, you know what, let's just do it. So yeah, listen, listen to your instincts or, or, and if you don't, if you don't know your instincts, start to get to, you know, get to know them, um, and communication, right? Communicate, communication, honesty. I, that's something I'm definitely done with. I'm done with not being honest and I'm done with doing things that I know I'm not going to be a hundred percent fully protected in or comfortable in, you know? Um, and I don't feel like I need to work as hard as I did before to validate whatever. I mean, these past, this past 18 months, whatever it's been with this pandemic has shown a lot to a lot of people about work and family and what's important and what's not important. And I've lost two, not immediate family members, but two members of my larger family to COVID because they were, um, let's just say they, they weren't, uh, following the science, right? They, they weren't believing in the science and, and that happened. And look, like right away, they they leave behind their their families, and and it's like just like that, it can happen that quickly. So, yeah, um, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see what's gonna happen. I don't know if I'm gonna wait another six months, wait another year, wait till the end of of this semester or the end of the next semester. Um, you know, I have some decisions to make. So, okay, I just wanted to get that out of my system. Batman Day is tomorrow, Saturday, September 18th. Uh, that music you just heard is from the Batman The World hardcover promo that is on the DC YouTube page. So the first Batman Day was July 2014. It has been celebrated every year uh, since then, I believe. And uh, they're coming out with a few things here. Uh, you can 
read the first four episodes of Batman Wayne Family Adventures on Webtoon. You can enjoy ten episodes of the new Batman original scripted podcast, Batman the Audio Adventures, on HBO Max. Uh, I have to assume that some of this stuff might live on after Batman Day, or you might be able to find it on YouTube. In 2016, uh, I did do an episode celebrating Batman Day. Uh, It would be the Daily Rios episode 356, where I took a look at several Batman comics that were still in my collection at that time, many of which I probably will never part with, so that was a fun episode. For this episode, I thought, how about we mix in some trivia? And do some Batman trivia per decade. So Batman has been around since 1939. We're talking, you know, 80 plus years. So I just went into my trivia uh, list and found a bunch of questions. And some of these are actually new to my trivia, to my trivia game. Um, And I'm doing it by years, right? So one question from the years 1939 to 49, one one question... from the second date up to 59, second decade up to 59, uh, the third decade, fourth, fifth, etc., etc. Um, and some of these are, you know, kind of generic questions and some are probably really hard. And they're not all just about Batman. Uh, some are from the Bat family or some creators, etc. So, so here we go. Let's round out this digest with eight Batman questions. And uh, I will give the answers at the end. So here we go. Remember, don't cheat. So from 1939 to 1949, everyone knows, or if you're a, you know, a, a hardcore comic book reader, that Detective Comics 27 is the first appearance of Batman. And on the cover it says, Amazing and Unique Adventures of the Batman. So that's the first issue that he appeared But what was the name of the story inside his first appearance? Second question from Batman's second decade up to 1959. Clad in yellow and red, this member of the Bat family had her first appearance in Detective Comics 233 from 1956. All right, third decade up to 1969. This issue of Detective Comics from 1964, the first issue to be edited by Julius Schwartz, is usually credited as the first appearance of the Earth-1 Batman. Looking for a number for Detective Comics. The fourth decade up to 1979. In 1971, Batman 232 would introduce the villain that would be mispronounced for years, Ra's al Ghul. When he first encounters Batman in the Wayne Manor, Al Ghul has a guard with him. What is that guard's name? Fifth decade up to 1989, name in order the four titles to Frank Miller's Dark Knight miniseries. Sixth decade up to 1999, When an earthquake hit Gotham in the 1998 storyline Cataclysm, what did that earthquake register on the Richter scale? Seventh decade up to 2009, Grant Morrison's multi-year Batman saga would begin in Batman 655, 
who was the artist on that issue? And finally, the eighth decade up to 2019, sometime during his conflict with the Court of Owls, it was revealed to Batman that they were part of a much larger international syndicate known as the What of Owls. All right, so how did you do? No cheating, right? No Googling. Here we go. Let's go back to the first decade. Uh, the first story in Detective Comics 27 to feature Batman is entitled The Case of the Chemical Syndicate. The Batman family character that had her first appearance in 1956, that is Batwoman. Julia Schwartz's first edited issue, credited as the first appearance of the Earth-1 Batman, is Detective Comics issue 327. So there's a way to remember that. 27 Detective Comics, first appearance of Batman, issue 327, arguably the first appearance of the Earth-1 Batman. The guard that was with Rachel Ghoul in Batman 232, that guard's name is Ubu. U-B-U, Ubu. The four titles to Frank Miller's Dark Knight miniseries, The Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Triumphant, Hunt the Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Falls. So it's kind of funny that the entire miniseries is now usually referred to uh, as The Dark Knight Returns, I'd have to go back and look at the first trade, uh, the first time they collected this miniseries. Did they just put on there The Dark Knight Returns, or was it just called The Dark Knight, and it since has become The Dark Knight Returns? But yeah, The Dark Knight Returns was just the name of the first chapter. So, uh, yeah, I'll just, I mean, it's a quick search to find that collection. So, uh, here we go, The Sixth Decade. This is... <laughs> This is a hard one, right? You really have to know your stuff or know your Batman or Red Cataclysm or Cared to know this little bit of information. This is a deep cut. The magnitude of the earthquake is 7.6. Although I'll also give it to you if you say 7.5. I probably would give it to anybody who said 7 point whatever. Um, but the numbers fluctuate. I've seen 7.6 and then I've seen 7.5. So it's somewhere around there. All right, the seventh decade, Grant Morrison's first Batman issue, 655. The artist was Andy Kubert. And the Court of Owls uh, were part of a much larger syndicate known as the Parliament of Owls. Okay, how did you do? How did you do with this Batman Day trivia? Let me know. Give me some feedback. Peter at the DailyRios.com. Feedback on this episode or any other episode. Or leave a comment on the website, The Daily Rios. I will uh, usually comment uh, when I see them. Follow me on Twitter, Peter J. Rios. Follow the Instagram, The Daily Rios. Leave uh, uh, a review on iTunes. Send me some promos if you are a podcaster and you have some things you want to share with my listeners. Uh, always happy to share the wealth there. And um, have a couple things lining up. Uh, a new Legion Project episode is in the works eventually. Uh, something pretty special with Adam uh, pertaining to a footnotes type episode that uh, should be out uh, sometime in the coming week. Uh, and many more things down the road. So um, I will always keep you uh, aware of what's going on. This has been the Daily Rios, episode 521, the 11th Digest, for Sunday, September 19th, 2021. Talk to you soon.
Huh? Where'd she come from? How does she know my name? Princess Amethyst, there's no time for questions. You're needed in Chen World. What? I'm not a princess. 